Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Jerry Jones Direct Radio Show, hosted by Jerry Jones. Each and every episode is guaranteed to increase your profits and decrease your stress so you can enjoy dentistry more than ever before. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Jerry Jones here with Jerry Jones Direct, and this is the Jerry Jones Direct radio show podcast. And with me uh, today, I have uh, Dr. Gene. And Dr. Gene, I am not going to insult you in any way by not pronouncing your name right. And I should have asked. I'm, normally, I, normally, I'm good about that, but I'm going to assume it's like, um, it's probably very easy to pronounce, but I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it. So how do I say your last name, Doc? It's uh, Sam Batero. Sam Batero. Okay, that's not as hard as I thought. I, exactly I would have butchered the way it's spelled, yeah. But people I, do, I believe me, that's, that's, that's been my whole life where it gets butchered. So that's all right. Okay. Totally understand. <laughs> well, you're, you're, um, uh, I've asked you to, to appear on our, on our podcast um, because I found, I found your profile on LinkedIn very interesting. And I found what you do uh, also very interesting. I'm on sort of a, a kick these days of sharing with my podcast listeners this, I, this really basic concept of prevention, you know, and holistic dentistry. And you know maybe uh, too many dentists are stepping over uh, the, the 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 dollars to get to the dimes, and I think too many dentists frankly aren't paying enough attention to the core concepts of prevention in dentistry, and um, and this idea of comprehensive dentistry, holistic dentistry, taking a look at all the different components that that are involved in in, in making healthcare decisions and, and informing patients. And I, while I'm not a dentist, I'm I'm very interested and passionate about it. The older I get, the more interested I, I become in it. Um, I think maybe that's a natural regression. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I'm excited to have you on. Normally, I've got practice management folks. I've got marketing people. or I've got people outside the industry uh, on these podcasts. And so I've kind of been doing some, some of this kind of thing lately. And it's quite interesting. And I'm enjoying it. So yeah, welcome to the show, you. Dr. Gene. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. And, uh, and I know you're taking time out of your day. And so we're going to try and be as efficient as possible and cover as much ground as we can. Um, I think to introduce you to our listeners, I'd, I'd love to hear your story. And I know you've got uh, every dentist has a very interesting and unique story about how they got into dentistry. I don't hear them share it enough with their patients. And so if that's a big tip for everybody listening to this. Your patients really should know your story about why you got involved. There's something there that each one of you has and that story really should be told. So, uh, Doc, why don't you go ahead and share your story with our listeners so we can kind of get an idea where you're, you know, where you come from and, and, and where, you're, you know, where this journey has led you today some 40 years later practicing. Yeah, it's been, uh, it has been a journey for sure. Well, if we go back to, you know, even the idea of thinking about dentistry, it goes back all the way to high school. And that was not my original plan. So I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to fly planes. So when I talked to my counselor at school, he said, well, you know, we're, we're in a pretty serious war right now in Vietnam. If you become a pilot, you're probably going to go to Vietnam as a pilot. And I said, let me think about some other career choices. <laughs> and you will get shot down. <laughs> yeah, That's the part really Excited about that idea. Uh, so I thought, well, you know, I did really well in biology. I liked the sciences. I thought maybe something in the healthcare field. Um, but at the time, my dad uh, owned his own insurance agency. And I thought, yeah, it'd be great to work with my dad and maybe take over his business. I hate to see the, all the years that he spent building it up. And then what's he going to do? Just close it down or sell it to somebody? 
And the interesting thing is in his building, right next to him was a dentist. And that was our family dentist. He said, I found something very interesting is that every night he left right at five o'clock. You know, I never leave at five o'clock. In fact, I come home, I eat dinner, and then I work till whenever, 11 or midnight. You should think about going to dental school. So I thought about it and I said, that's interesting. I like the health field. I've always been kind of that person likes to take things apart, put them back together. So I know that's kind of cliche then say, oh, I like working my hands. But I really did. I was always pretty good at it. But that was my initial initiation to it. And so I talked to my family and I said, can I come in and kind of watch you? And well, she did. He went home at five o'clock. He had no employees. Uh, he answered the phone. I remember even when he was working on me and answered the phone. Uh, of course, in those days, uh, there was no insurance, um, no, no additional employees, no hygienists. He just had a small little office. And I thought, and he's doing pretty well. And I thought this could be an easy life. Boy, was I for a surprise. One, <laughs> <laughs> I, I never go home at five o'clock <laughs> and two I've got like you know 12 employees 3,600 square feet I mean you know it's like it's it's a whole different world and you know that because you've been in the, in the dental field so you know it's changed yeah. a lot in the last 40 years for sure yeah. so actually more than 40 years because that's when I was in high school so almost 50 years and um so I went, you know, went to college, got a degree in a uh, bachelor's degree in zoology, and that led me to the University of Maryland Dental School. And then uh, following that, I got accepted in uh, residency at University Hospital in Baltimore. All excited. I'm coming out. I'm going to practice dentistry. I learned some great stuff. I had some great instructors. I mean, I'm going to be the next, uh, you know, great dentist coming out of school on fire. So I did that for about a year and a half as an associate and finally said, I'm not working for anybody else. I can't do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice on my own. Mm-hmm. So I ventured out on my own, was doing everything I kind of learned in school. In about 1986, a very dear friend of mine was diagnosed with stage four melanoma. They gave him pretty much three, maybe six months to live. He said, you can do radiation, you can do chemo, whatever, but you know, you're still not, the prognosis is still poor. Well, he decided the hard head that he was that he wasn't going to die. And by the way, I'll, I'll fast forward. He's still alive today. So that was <laughs> 1986. They said three to six months. So, you know, that's a problem a lot with our medical. They, they, they're gods. They're going to give you a death sentence, but he wasn't willing to accept it. But the interesting thing is that he went to this clinic in California, Southern California. And before they did any treatment, they said, I want you to open your mouth. And we're looking in your mouth. They saw all these amalgam fillings, which we call mercury amalgam. And they said, those have to be removed before we start your cancer treatment. And when he came back to Maryland and told me that, I was like, what, what does that have to do with your illness? I had no clue. So being sort of adventurous, I said, maybe I should look into this because I really care about my patients. Maybe it is an issue. I've been placing amalgam since dental school and maybe it's safe. So uh, I did a little research and of course we didn't have the internet then uh, in 86, at least I didn't. So um, <laughs> you started looking and somehow by this, you know, how the things happen from the universe. This, I find this book, it's called, it's all in your head by Dr. Hal Huggins. He's in Colorado Springs. He's sort of the pioneer. So I call him up. 
I said, look, I'd like to come out and see what you're doing. I'm very interested. I read your book. I got a little bit scared. I said to my wife, we need, who's my hygienist and still my hygienist and still my wife <laughs> after all these years. Minor miracle. Yeah. Yeah. How many of that stay together, right? So anyway, I thought maybe we shouldn't be doing this for our patients. So that was really the turning point in my career. And that's where I started down that holistic trail. And, you know, in, in the late 80s, no one was, there wasn't many doing that. So I was not that well accepted by most of my colleagues or even my friends that I made in dental school. So they thought I had, you know, gone off the deep end. And, uh, you know, I said, look, I, I was a honor student in the University of Maryland. I was the president of the Student Dental Association. I gave the commencement speech at graduation. So, you know, I wasn't, I was a pretty good student. Yeah, <laughs> you know? you're, you're, you're not a dummy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, uh, I wasn't one of those who, uh, and you know that joke where you call the, the dentist that graduates last in his class, doctor. That's right, <laughs> so exactly. I wasn't, that I wasn't that person. Right. So anyway, that really, really turned me in a different direction. And, you know, once you head in a different path, other things that you weren't aware of start to open up. And I started thinking about what else if there's a connection, that big of a connection between the mouth and the rest of the body, there must be other things. You know, Nate, we're starting to talk about periodontal disease and how it had a connection to cardiac issues, diabetes, but it was still on the forefront. In fact, most of the research was saying it was only a possibility. We don't have enough research. Of course, you know, everything has to be evidence-based research back, but it was clear. And that, and that was another thing that really kind of upset me is that, wait a minute. When I was in school, I learned that if a patient has a heart murmur or a heart defect, that we had to give them antibiotics a week ahead before the appointment. Of course, that all changed to, to the point where now it's, you know, an hour before, but because we knew that could possibly cause an endocarditis. So we knew that just having a cleaning could lead to bacteria entering the bloodstream and potentially cause an endocarditis. But there's no connection between periodontal disease and systemic health. So, and we're still kind of, I think we're, most people are on board with that at this point, but, um, yeah. but, and I'd say going forward from the eighties now to 2019, most dentists are on board with the fact that there are other materials available that are probably better than mercury amalgam. But most dentists, and I don't know what the percentage is, but probably the majority still don't agree that they're toxic. So, but you're going to see, as you know, You've seen, you've seen it. It, it. They're starting to fade away because there are better products. So even if you don't believe mercury is toxic, why would you use it? It's a far inferior product. It's a product that was developed in the 1800s. So I don't know what else. I don't know about you, but I'm not using anything from the 1800s. I still got that dial, phone, dial telephone, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's worth big bucks on eBay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It'll continue to increase in value. Well, right. I don't, being being a pioneer poses challenges. Um, you know, there's there are a few folks that come to mind. Um, Dan Sindelar, uh, a guy I just did a podcast with not long ago, Tom Larkin. Um, those are a couple of people. I don't know if you know either one of them. Um, they're involved in some. Uh, I think I think Dan was the founder of the AOSH. Yeah, Tom. I know. I know Dan. You know Dan. I mean, you know these guys got arrows and just got all sorts of beat up. Um, you know, 10, 10 years ago when this, you know, when there was starting to be some momentum carried through. 
Um, yeah. And I think you're right. I think most dentists now agree that there's a connection. You know, there's more and more research that's being done that's showing these connections are, are not mere coincidences or they're not mere, you know, oh, well, you know, there really isn't a solid link. I mean, they're, they're starting to really form, I think, some, some serious linkages um, to, to these, you know, to the systemic um, challenges here. So um, what challenge does that pose for you, though, in practice? So, I mean, we're dealing with patients who are not getting that message from, you know, through media of any kind, right? Unless, unless they're a freak of some, some sort and they're on Facebook and they're reading dental groups, you know, or something like that, they're not getting this information and it's not something that's really pushed out. So how, what kind of challenge does that pose for you and your team, particularly your hygienists, to get your patients on board with this concept that, hey, it isn't just periodontal disease and it isn't just your mouth we're worried about because what happens here is affecting everything else. Um, what, what kind of a challenge has that been for you? I mean, starting well, back in 1986. Yeah, I mean, it, back in the 80s, it was, it was a huge challenge. And, uh, you know, each year it gets easier and easier. I mean, certainly with uh, the internet and social media, eh, our patients are much more educated. I mean, they, uh, sometimes at, at a default, is a, <laughs> they think they know more than, than we do. And, and sometimes we'll question, well, you know, I heard from on Dr. Oz or I heard on this website or Dr. Google, you know, this or that. And we're like, well, that's not exactly true. Um, so it's really about educating. And, and well, first, you know, take a step back. It's, and you know this, you got to establish the relationship first with the patient. They got to have some trust in you. And then you got to sort of accept what they have to present and mm -hmm. then help them and guide them in a more favorable way. Uh, and so I think one of the issues and biggest challenge I have, because I do have a holistic practice, we do attract more holistic minded patients. And the biggest issue, and I think even all dentists get this, we don't want x-rays. X-rays, you know, x-rays cause cancer. They're terrible. I, I you know, if you're not going to let me uh, refuse x-rays, you know, I've got to go somewhere else. And I'm like, well, if you refuse x-rays, you will have to go somewhere else. The bottom line is I can't treat you. So we tell them, look, I know x-rays, it's radiation. It's cumulative. But understand we need them to be able to figure out what's going on. We don't want to leave something mistreated or untreated. So here's, here's to make you feel good. We have all digital x-rays. So everything's digital, so it's less radiation. Most of probably what you read is, is related to medical x-rays, not dental x-rays, although there's stuff coming out now. And, uh, and the truth is, if you really, really look into it, Eating two bananas is actually more radiate. You get more radiation you do than a full mouth set of x-rays or a panorex, especially with the digital. And we have, uh, thanks to my daughter, Renee, she developed a, um, she's a nutrition counselor in our practice, um, a protocol of supplements that patients can take following the x-rays. So specifically things like um, tocopherols, vitamin E is very, very good for, for neutralizing uh, radiation. So so we offer that to our patients. So, and we make them feel calm. We feel, and we, and we acknowledge them. You know, yeah. we don't like, hey, I don't want x-ray. Ah, that's crazy. You're, you're a nut. You know, we acknowledge. And then we try to just educate them. And yeah. they may say, well, let me think about it. And said, okay. And then also it depends on what the issue is. And if you come to me, Jerry, and you've never had a cavity, your gums are healthy, and you say, I don't want x-rays, you know, that's, you know, okay. But if you have a mouthful of crowns, a mouthful of fillings, 
every time you come in, you have a cat, you got to have x-rays. Well, so, and you've had x-rays at that point, right? <laughs> I mean, you've had a lot of x-rays. If that much dental work's in your mouth. If you've had that much dental work, yeah. So, yeah. and I don't, I don't want any more. Well, you have to. So, and I think that, and the best, I think the best thing is, has happened in dentistry is the 3D cone beam. I mean, we are finding stuff that we just couldn't see on 2D Panorex. Yeah. And that, you know, we're, I mean, so we're, we're saving lives. When we find a periapical abscess around an upper second molar, who knows at what point that thing's going to go to their heart or to the brain. They're going to have a heart attack, a stroke. So I think it's kind of strange. I mean, I don't think you need a lot of research. How is it that the mouth from here to here has been disconnected from the rest of the body? It doesn't make sense. It's just teeth. It's just, it's just teeth. teeth. Well, don't worry about it. You don't really need them. Yeah. Um, you brought up something that I think is really important. And, uh, and I don't know in, if it's given enough uh, time and thought. And I, and I doubt there's rarely strategy put behind it. And that is, you, you, you said the magic word, trust. No matter what kind of practice a dentist has, building trust and rapport I mean, you know, you can like someone, um, you can think they're beautiful, but if you don't trust them, none of those things matters. Like you can like people you don't trust, right? You, you just wouldn't right. trust your money with your car, with your wife. I mean that, you know, but if you trust someone, it kind of trumps everything else. I mean, it literally just disintegrates all issues. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hey, Jerry's giving away a practice growth program at his website right now. JerryJonesDirect.com. Valued at $293. Grab your free copy today. Just go to JerryJonesDirect.com to learn more. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes or your favorite streaming service so you never miss an episode. We'll catch you next time here on the Jerry Jones Direct Radio Show.